안녕하세요. 저는 가을입니다. 반갑습니다. 인력회원 목소리로만 인사드립니다. 새로운 한국어 팟캐스트를 시작하려고 해요. 오늘은 문법에 말할 거예요. 안녕하세요. 카니치와 and translating things into normal people. Yes, we're just going to keep doing the podcast. You won't see us for some time. And this is the new Korean podcast that is just the beginning. We will take care of it, though, after some time. And mm. we are going to talk about grammar. So, grammar monster! It can be terrifying, I have to say. What do you think, yeah. Fabi? Yeah, yeah. Just so that... For anyone who's, you know, learning Korean as well, I said today, so today, 문법에, 문법 grammar, 말할 거예요. So today we'll be speaking about grammar, and I think the, a good title for this would be like the grammar monster, because it can be scary to some people, and I think when I was learning French and grammar at school. As I said before, I learned it through books and through basically just going through conjugation exercises for a while, and it was boring. Immersing um, almost then, your brain into the book to try to memorize yeah, that in so five boring. minutes. Yeah, no. But when I started learning like Japanese and Korean, I found grammar just so much fun. Honestly, I feel like it's just a lot of fun um, with those two languages. And then again, and then another thing happened when I started learning Russian grammar. That was a monster, to be honest. And so, yeah, I I can emphasize with both sides. I love grammar sometimes, and then other times I find it scary as well. So I'm mm. on I'm on two boats there. Oh yeah, I feel you. I would say that I can understand people also with Portuguese at some point because even though I'm a native, yes. I never had to learn the grammar to actually study, to know how to speak it. But my friends, I had to study grammar to actually be able to explain things and then do exams. And I have to tell, if you go through the hassle of actually learning how to do it and then like applying it, you have my congratulations. I almost died during high school with it. I hated it so much. Mm. But yeah. On my point of view, for me, grammar is just this knowing the structure and it's a bunch of rules. Not always you will need the rules. So it can yep. also be optional. Like you need to choose carefully on what you want and what you need to learn. I normally say that the grammar is like the trunk and the branches of the tree, which is the most important thing to start with. And then the leaves are it's the vocabulary. Uh, on my on my side and then fabi will share hers normally what i do with my languages is i start by understanding how sentences work so for instance in most uh latin languages and english we have it starts with the subject so something or someone that we're giving information about the verb action and then everything follows when we go on to asian languages and this applies to korean japanese hindi uh, we have the subject, so the, the thing or the person we're giving information about. The object, so the thing which the action is happening to. And only then, after everything else, we have the verb and the last part. But mm -hmm. also, 
something that I've learned through this throughout the way is every language has some sort of a pain in the bum. And I've found that those things are normally called particles, prepositions, and I'm safeguarding maybe other things that we don't yet know exist because we haven't been able to go over all the languages in this world. But this is something that I've been struggling with, so yeah. I would say, yeah, like in Portuguese, I always get confused about when to say na and when to say a. So like, for example, na manhã or amanhã, and I'm like, is this correctly when I say that wrong? Because I still don't know the difference between a and na. So in English, it's similar. I find that people do struggle with uh, prepositions like on, in, and at. I, I would say for advanced speakers, and even for us as native speakers, it's like on, in. I still um, don't know when to use those, but I gave up slowly. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, so how do we say this? I'm going with a native. The other day I'm like, so how do I say this? On paper, in paper, like which one? And then someone randomly yelled on the other side of the room like, on paper! <laughs> there we go. So there's your answer. Someone will know somewhere. So it's okay. We don't have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. Yeah. Th those are... What are those? Are those particles? I don't even know at this point. What? Um, uh, the on, in, and so on? Yeah, I should know. I teach at this point. No, those yeah. are prepositions. I think particles <laughs> just... Oh, particles showed up in my life when I started with Korean and Japanese. Ah, okay, like un, de, uh, and yeah. Japanese and ka, uh, e, yeah, nun, iga. Mm -hmm. so, so that's so true. Uh, sentence markers, yeah, sentence. I, and I found that honestly, like, I found that so fun for some reason true. because we don't have that in, in Portuguese or English, and I just found that like, oh, what's that shit? Wa. And then after a while, you have to put the, the object or whatever, and then ka, or e, and it was, I don't know, I found it fun. Or like, uh, earlier today, we were trying to say something, right? And we were saying, is it e, or eso, or ege? Oh, yeah. I, I forgot what we were talking about, but we were trying to say something, and mm. things like, um... I was trying to say that I wanted to practice my Korean a bit more. Or was it Portuguese? I don't remember. Oh, about, about teaching it. I think you were saying Oh, yes, uh, yes. I was trying to say that I was teaching Portuguese, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you teach it to your friend. So, it'd be Tinguege, Ege. So, Tinguege, Portugero, Garichigo. Yeah. Just fun to figure out. I guess what makes grammar fun is when, definitely, when you're teaching it um, with a friend that makes it fun. Yeah. So, if I'm speaking to someone who's learning, um, it's more fun than when you speak it to a native speaker because you get to debate of is it eh, eso, ege, <laughs> what, what do you put in there? But going back to maybe some practical tips, mm -hmm. um, I one time, one time I was taking a class on how to teach English as a second language and they also taught us how to learn languages ourselves and there was a method called the flip-flip method. So basically, you have a set pattern, and a native can help you with that. You have a set grammar pattern, and you take uh, vocabulary out of it, and you just replace. So on each flip, on each page of the flip book, you put a different word. So you're using the same grammar pattern all the time, but just replacing vocab. And then you can repeat those phrases over and over, and that pattern of grammar will, will sink into your head. 
without really having to like study it. You so, just replace words. That actually so, that was a pretty nice way to learn. I got like an epiphany in the middle of it. It's like when you teach languages to kids and you have the jigsaw there. And that yeah. would actually pretty well work. It would work pretty well, actually. I do have something that I give to my, my, my students. I call it the sheet sheet. I don't know why. No, I do know why everyone makes fun of me. But it's true. It's like a sheet sheet. Uh, and I've created it. And I will make it available later on for Portuguese. I'm still creating a, a clean and pretty version of it to be able to give it away. But it has all of the verb formulas that I've been able to create that are pretty straightforward, foolproof, confident, safety net, everything you can think that it's good for you to start using right away. And also it explains the basics of the grammar you need to start speaking now. No, it doesn't have prepositions. It's plain verbs and formulas because that's what you need to start using. And I would say that my tip to this would be something that my nutrition teacher once told me it's more important to understand first than memorizing only after you grasp the concept and how something is used then you focus on memorizing because you cannot apply something that you can't understand and let me give you this example maybe many of you don't know but my actual degree was in food production so i so i worked as a cook for some time and one thing that for me um never made sense was when you focus yourself too much on a recipe and you don't learn the basis of cooking which is technically the skills and the techniques when they give you like a mystery box when they give you a bunch of ingredients and you don't have a recipe in front of you you panic and you don't know how to work with it so then it's kind of useless but if you know the techniques and you have the skills, uh, you will be able to create something out of it. Okay, it might not be 100% tasty, it might not be a Michelin star dish, but you can create something out of it. I've seen many of my colleagues going crazy and panicking because they <laughs> didn't have like a recipe in front of them and so they couldn't, they weren't able to do anything because they didn't have the technique. It's the same thing oh. with language. So if you know the basis, if you know how to work with the formulas, when some new vocabulary comes into your experience, into your life, let's put it like that, you will be able to understand how to use it and where to put it. And that will make it easier for you to adapt to circumstances. Because one thing with languages is you never stop learning for as much as you can speak. I'm native in Portuguese and I've been learning new, new words since i've started teaching there are many different and like if you learn a second language it won't be different you won't know all of the words so every day it's a different situation and you need to understand how to use the language not memorize how to use it you're not a parrot you're a human being so understand things and then try to memorize them but like again you're not a computer as well so make use of as many tools and aids you have available. What do you think, oh. Fabi? I really love that comparison. It makes a lot of sense uh, to me in the way that once you understand the basics of the structure of the language, you can just apply it, continue to apply it. 
Mm-hmm. That makes, at least to me, it makes sense. Yes, I agree. And I think for our next time, we can actually speak about ways of, because we're talking about grammar today, but next time we can talk about actual vocab and how to retain it. Mm. That's and important. How we want to call it, but I think that would be a next like a next time thing. That but, would be uh, going with grammar. I wanted to explain something about why it may be hard. It may be like a monster, uh, as people say. So, for example, let's say for people who speak English or people who speak um, Portuguese or any of these Western languages, um, when we encounter something that's totally different, right? Let's say in Portuguese, we conjugate the verb, right? For you, uh, me, we, blah, blah, blah. In English, not so much, but we have verb tenses in English. So in Russian, they also conjugate all of the verbs, and they also have cases, which means you basically conjugate every single word, noun, person, even people's names change. Like, everything is conjugated. Absolutely everything. And so I remember when I was trying to wrap my head around that concept of not only do I have to conjugate verbs now, but I also have to conjugate adverbs, adjectives, nouns, people's names. You, everything changes, literally everything. And I was like, bruh. <laughs> like, that is, like, that is such a mind-blowing concept. Like, how do people, how? But then it's like, no how. Um... People learn how to speak any language the way we all learn how to speak any language. Babies listen to their parents, and they speak. <laughs> they listen a lot. They spend years and years and years listening, and then they speak. Yeah. So um, how I approached that was I learned the basics of the grammar, like the structure. I learned why these cases had to happen um, and basics. But then I didn't dwell on the fact that I had to memorize rules. I just try to learn the structure and not overthink it too much. And then I knew that I was going to make some grammar mistakes, but then just keep speaking and the natives will, the natives will correct you when mm-hmm. um, your speaking goes off or if it's too wrong that they can't understand it as well. And that's There's also um, another monster in Russian that I found, which is verbs of motion, which is also a foreign concept in Portuguese and English. Um, So verbs of motion, you basically think of it as verbs always have a direction and then a different direction. Um, Right now, my brain is unable to describe it very well, but there are many ways to say I go. So depending on if you go by foot or if you go by car or if you go and come back, there are different ways of saying, translating the verb to go. Each lives very different ways and yeah how do you wrap yourself your head around that well first you understand the concept so I'm aware that there are very different ways of saying to go but I'm not going to dwell on the fact that I have to get it perfect every time so I just say go and if it's wrong they'll correct me context yeah that reminds me of Hindi at some point because Hindi the conjugations of the verbs changes if you're a man or a woman and then the rest will oh, also true. change. Yeah, so like, if for in, if I want to say, um, uh, acha, how can I put it? For instance, for instance, acha means good, 
if I'm a woman, Acha will be the masculine. If I want to say it's feminine, it's going to be Achi. Mm. And you have then plurals for everything. That actually reminds me of Portuguese, but we don't change the verb gender, uh, just the rest. But like everything changes. If you're a woman, everything will change. Mm. And that's sometimes a bit tricky because some things are irregular and then you're trying to get your brain around them. And that that she said about the just don't overthink about certain things um specifically with the motion verbs the perfective imperfective i do say that to my my students with prepositions in portuguese in some situations many situations in portuguese it's not translatable and i just tell them like look i know this is complicated and there is not much logic to it understand that they exist and be open to make mistakes be open to say it wrong and then get corrected a few of them yes they may they make some sort of sense for instance ai na or nu ai it's the neutral let's put it form nu and na it's the feminine masculine contractions but they mean that you need to be inside of a place you need to be inside of something and then we have a uh, and that uh it doesn't you won't be inside of the place or in terms of long term short term in portuguese the prepositions are a little bit like that brain brain damage that's like no wait emotional, emotional damage, damage. <laughs> yeah i should i should actually when i post this on youtube i'm going to tag him maybe we'll get famous over him <laughs> steven he, if you're listening yeah, please setting grammar for many of us if we were to study it, which by the way, I after taking the like intermediate, I just I stopped studying grammar. But yeah, emotional damage. Oh yes, or whew, that's uh, yo yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to talk about that. It's too damaging, and it's not all of it. I remember starting studying Korean. I was very stupid doing that actually. When I look at it back. I do, I created the sheet sheet for my students, but I didn't do it for me. Now I've done it. So I have my notion board with everything there explained, but I could have like, made it faster. I could have learned it faster if I actually started it by doing it and used it at my side. And it would be easier for me to actually then grasp how things work. And even for particles, I do put them there. And I remember looking at it and I'm like, what? I thought this was easy. I didn't have to conjugate the verbs. Now they introduce particles. This doesn't make any sense. Specifically when we were talking about the ul, the ul, dul, ga, i. And I'm like, what? They, they all look the same. But again, don't overthink it. And that's what I did. I used them. That was the important thing. In spoken language, it's not very important to use those particles unless you're trying to clarify something. But in written language, it's important to know it. So... I decided that it was for me important to actually learn how to use them even in spoken language so that then when I would pass on to the written one I could do it well and correctly but you don't need to do it if you won't just want to speak it I, on my case I want to be able to do everything it's now at this point it's a matter of proud and ego on my side to be able to do everything correctly but <laughs> Yeah, I would say, like, don't mind too much about it. I don't. I still get it wrong, and I just I just deal with it. I go forward, and the thing is, 
don't let it stop you. Because you're black, 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 deal with it. Exactly, deal with it. Um, don't let it stop you because sometimes we get so hanged on the small things that we forget that we did like this amount, this huge amount of progress. And mm -hmm. we're actually like killing it and we're doing perfectly good. And I'm just like, don't get hung up on that. People will actually help you with it. Whether you like it or not, they will help you. You will learn with others. Yeah. So in summary, I would say, like, learn the basics. Um, I really liked your branch analogy and the cooking analogy as well. Like, learn the skills and don't hang, don't get caught up on memorizing the recipe because what if different ingredients come out um, so yeah learn the basics of the structure but don't think about studying it too too much because that's something that also hinders when you are actually speaking and you're thinking too much about the grammar then you're instead of speaking and getting your thoughts out there you're thinking about conjugating stuff um so that's quite counterproductive uh yep and it causes you to freeze. So, anything else to add? I think that is more of a mindset, I guess. We've talked about more mm. of a, a way to think about grammar. Um, yeah. I think we could also do a podcast on the mindset. Because a lot of yeah. things with learning have to do with mindset and riot environments. We could do that, actually. Talk a little yeah. bit about the, the perfect environment to learning and how to create this motivational and learning uh product like productive learning environment that would be actually mm -hmm. pretty cool because whether we like it or not it will influence the way we uh we learn that's a nice yeah, one yeah it does it does influence so if we're if a person is stressed about grammar you your brain doesn't grasp things when they're in stress mode right that you explains be... a lot yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Relax. <laughs> Have fun with it. We don't don't think about because when you think about it, like I gotta study, and then your brain is like, oh no, school test study. Oh no, monster. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. no, no, no. Don't stress. Make it fun. Make it relaxing. See it as self care. You're taking care of your brain because you know. <laughs> grammar is therapeutic i wouldn't say i was going i was not going to say it i was saying that for our brain to not get like old or to how would you say like um yeah to grow old and to start having problems we need to exercise it as a muscle and grammar is actually pretty cool for it grammar and math exercises two things that most people hate what are we doing here <laughs> Yeah, but, because when yeah. when you're used to speaking in a certain pattern, and then, for example, with the Korean Japanese languages, you have to put the verb at the end, so your your mind is, like, shifting. Mm -hmm. You're fixing the way that the words are organized in your mind, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's I still haven't grasped the entire mentality of automatically think with the verb at the end, because that's always the first thing that we think about. And in this case of like getting all of the subject, all of the people involved, all of the things involved into the sentence first and then the action. And that mm -hmm. makes us, that's kind of interesting because normally we think about what we should do 
rather than what to include after. And in this case, you need to prepare everything first and then do the action. Right. And it's like, what? This is not human. That maybe that might explain a lot of cultural that might explain a lot of cultural uh differences that we have with them. Which is kind of interesting and curious. We could do a podcast on yep. that as well. Yeah, yep. And it's the same thing. It's like for some reason in Russian we think about motion a lot more than we do in English. Oh yeah. And well, the future and the past and Anyway. This is very interesting and I think we, we we are going to have some surprises later on, on the on the show. I don't know if this season or maybe a second season on it. Um and yeah, it would be interesting. Tell us your ideas, um, give us feedback, talk to us about this. What would you like us to, to keep talking about? But have you tried any of these things? What is your perspective on it? Um let us know. And we will make sure to read your comments and get back to you. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. We'll close it here, and I will close it in a little bit of Russian. So, спасибо большое и до встречи. And I will close it with my most basic, simple Japanese, sayonara, and also Portuguese. (laughs) Adios! Bye. Bye.